Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, June the 8th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, jest, which means a tale of adventure, especially a romance in a verse, or to exploit, jest. I hope everyone is having a lovely day, or will have a lovely day. It is Tuesday. We have most definitely uh, a continuation of just just living. And a lot of people may feel down and out. But hey, you are breathing. So continue. Live. Don't wonder. Don't worry. Don't cry. Just live. Now, let's, uh, let's move along. It looks like the annual restaurant week here in uh, North Carolina, that's that's a week that, that is set aside, usually in the spring or summer where all the restaurants get together and offer their dishes and they sell them uh, at a discount of, of some sort, but it's just showcasing your work and, and showcasing the goodies and vittles that you have. And usually a lot of restaurants participate. But however, it's in jeopardy. I mean, it's still going to go on. But because of staffing issues, uh, of course, according to COVID, and now the meat prices, which are 20 to 40% higher, a lot of restaurants uh, aren't participating, can't afford it. Between staffing and now these these, uh, high meat prices because of that hack possibly last week or so, Meat prices have gone up. We knew that was coming. That was a given. Now, the, as far as the staffing issues goes, it's it, yeah, it is due to COVID. You know, this this event runs seven days a week, but you know, a lot of restaurants can't even open because they don't have the staff. They can't open seven days a week, so it's not in jeopardy. It's just going to be smaller this year. You know, like I've always said, COVID, it, it, it has affected everything, any and everything. And, and of course, you know, the state legislatures, not just here, but across the country, are trying to get people back to work. They're saying, hey, go go back to work. They're offering incentives. Some are even uh, cutting out that unemployment benefits. They're stopping it. And they've got a tracking system in place where you have to go back to the old way. If you've ever been on unemployment they always give you a, they always, excuse me, they always make you go out and, and prove that you're actively pursuing work. Have the owners sign it, whether yay or nay. So a lot of states have gone back to that. Most of them have, all of them have. It's, it's somewhat, I, wouldn't, I won't say discouraging, but it's not surprising either that we would run into this because, you know, hey, COVID, it, it shook a lot of things up. You know, and, and what they're saying now, as far as people not returning to work, some are still skeptical skeptical of the COVID. They, they don't want to be in that close, tight environment that they once were on the job. Understandable. But hey, at some point in time, 
unless you uh, redirect your efforts to retrain in another field, you're just going to have to go back to work. I mean, there's no way around it. Then you have those that are just bleeding the system. <laughs> I mean, those are the ones they're mainly targeting <laughs> because, like I said before, you, you you know a lot of people are getting that those unemployment checks and they're not really looking for work. So that's why they've gone back to the old method of prove that you are. Hmm. Restaurant week is in jeopardy. All right, let's move along. Uh, a team or a recent high school graduate here in Asheboro, North Carolina, didn't receive his diploma because he wore a Mexican flag over his graduation robe to receive his diploma. He got the, uh, I'm not sure what you call that, that is kept, you know, the the little, uh, uh, whatever it's called that you keep it in. You know, they always hand you that and then they mail your diploma later. later. Well, excuse me, he got that, but the principal was refusing to uh, give him his diploma because of what he did, wearing that that flag over his uh, graduation robe. And coincidentally, another teenager did it in Texas. A female did it in Texas. And when her name was called, she presented the, the Mexican flag, held it up. I don't know. Uh, I certainly understand the reasoning behind it because one thing he said and she said, they were trying to be, bring awareness and inclusiveness to uh, uh, the plight of Mexicans that that are here. And I understand that, but I can remember when I graduated and they were pretty adamant about, you know, you're just supposed to wear your graduation robe or whatever, uh, <clears throat> whatever, uh, 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 if you were a scholar or somehow, some way, you, you know, of course you had the little gold tassel or the little gold gold rope or whatever. Those were the only thing they would allow. They wouldn't allow brooches or chains to be seen outside of the graduation robe. Now, of, co- of course, after you, gra- you know, the graduation ceremony was over, you could take your pictures any way you wanted to. They just, they were adamant and they, they were, everybody had to be uniformed. So, I mean, like I said, I understand their their uh, reasoning behind doing this, but uh, you got to say to yourself, you got, you got to understand the consequences of your actions. I mean, you just, you just, some things you just can't do. Well, he, he still received his uh, diploma. I believe they gave it to him yesterday. But of course, you know, a lot of people are saying they're commending him for him and her for uh, standing up. Uh, I think he could have found another way. I just do. Rather than to uh, disrupt those uh, uh, graduation proceedings. And of course, I like I said, I understand the reasoning behind it, but nah, that, that's a no for me. You got to find a better way or, or another way to to bring awareness to your your plight or your struggles because the young lady in Texas said she wanted to do it to uh, in recognition of her mother and father who came to this country and she was the first one in the family to graduate and I'm sure he was thinking the same thing yeah of course you know I understand that but nah you gotta find a better way like I said, when I graduated, they, I mean, I can remember a young lady had a brooch on or something, some type of pin she was trying to put on her uh, graduation robe that belonged to her grandmother. And she wanted to do it uh, uh, as acknowledgement of her, but they told her no. So she had to take it off. 
I mean, there, there, there are certain there are rules and regulations in any and everything we do in life, and we must follow them or deal with the consequences of it. And that's what just just happened. But like I said, he got his, his diploma, so I, I, he had his five minutes of fame. At least he had that. I don't know. But anyway, let's move along here this morning. Now, there's um, a House Bill 367 here in North Carolina that passed the State House back in May. And that was to protect farmers and landowners. And what they're calling, they they are called heirs land, meaning they're heirs to land. Now, what has happened is um, the land is passed that passed down from generation to generation, and usually the land is, of course, owned jointly because through siblings or other distant relatives. Well, North Carolina hopes to join with other southern states to stop the practice of what they call wealthy speculators forcing the sale of the land after purchasing a portion of the land from another heir, forcing the sale from the remaining heirs. What happens with these speculators? They find an heir or they find a parcel parcel of land that they want to purchase. And they, of course, they do the research and they find out that there are several, several heirs and they own the land jointly. So they go to one and say, hey, let me buy this, let me buy your portion of the land. And if, you know, hey, they, the, the, the landowner or whoever is owning it, owning that jointly sells it to them that all automatically spurs the, the speculator to go to the court and petition the court and say, hey, I got this land. I need to buy it. You need to force the hands of the others. And they have to sell, usually at the below market value, which was something I, I really didn't know, but it's not surprising. I mean, hey, that's that's business. As unscrupulous as it is, it's just business. If you can get one to sell, then you got to force the hand of the others, literally. Now, what they've discovered is black farmers are usually hit the hardest by this practice, by these speculators. And and now what also came out was uh, North Carolina has one of the largest population of black farmers. I didn't know, know that. And it's estimated at $1.86 billion of heirs land. Now, there is some opposition to this, but it's amongst the law lawmakers because as one lawmaker put it, I, I don't think he was really opposing, he was just explaining that as one that as he put it, that a lot of these heir heirs landowners, they just don't have the political or economic power to push the bill through. Now the law, of course, would benefit farmers and landowners of not just uh, the rural areas, but urban also of all races and socioeconomic status across the state. Now, apparently this is, like I said, this is a common practice from these speculators. They come in, they 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 force the hand of the heirs. And I guess once the way the law is set up now, once they have that portion of land, they can say, hey, you got to sell it to me. I got a portion, any portion, doesn't matter how big or how small. Now, one lawmaker is also saying if it's passed, this would create more work for the uh, 
courts clerks who have to determine if the property is being sold is heirs land and finding an appraiser and real estate broker to facilitate the deal. I mean, <laughs> wow, just wow. I, I mean, it, it it goes to show you how business is conducted as it relates to land. And it's sad to think that, you know, someone at some point in time acquired some land and here comes along a, a future generations later, they may not want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with the hassle of it. So someone or one or two get together and they sell it. They sell it to these speculators. Now, these speculators are, of course, land developers. You know, if you've ever taken a ride out in the country at some point in time in your life or what they call rural, you know, I I can go to a part of Johnston County that I remember was once woods and also um, farmland, tobacco mainly. And now I go through and I see these huge developments of shopping centers and apartment complexes or little subdivisions of whatever you would call it, of houses and, and say, man, I remember when that was a farm when I was a kid. What happened? Well, the land has been sold. Not necessarily saying that it's been sold through this way, but chances are it is because, man, even with just uh, the interstates being being uh, developed and built, they have to go through a lot of these these rural roadways that, you know, the, the interstates that you traveled that was once woods when they're expanding and redeveloping them. They were once uh, they belonged to someone. Someone had to sell it to them or they took it by eminent domain. That's another thing that goes on. You know, if, of course, if the state can say, hey, we need this land for the betterment of uh, the state or what have you, and, and they can come in and take it from you or force you to sell it. And chances are, it's not going to be at market value. And that's what they're up against with this heirs policy that, that they're having that when they go through the courts, these speculators go through the court and they acquire this land, it's usually purchased at below market value. So people lose value in it. And to think that that one heir sells that portion of the land, whether it's by naivete or spitefulness, that's pretty sad because somebody worked for that. Somebody gave their all many times, probably even gave their life to have that land to pass down to their, their heirs, their kids. And then you, you sell it and, and, and it's purchased at below market value. So everybody gets crumbs. Now, we've all heard the plight of the, uh, the black farmer, which is <clears throat> one of the main groups that it, it, they're saying is targeted by these speculators. Just like that lawmaker said, hey, they don't have the political power or the economic status to, to fight a lot of times because those speculators, like I said, they're wealthy land developers, chances are, and they got the money in the back in the, to uh, go to court. I mean, they can string it out for as long as they want to, especially if you don't have those funds. That's, that's the beauty of this judicial system sometimes. And I am being sarcastic, by the way. There's no beauty in that take something from someone and give them crumbs it's pretty sickening in my opinion but like I said it 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 goes on so 
what do you do? And 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 there, you know, like I said, this bill has passed the House, and they're saying there may be some opposition in in the Senate. Of course, there's going to, there's going to be opposition in the Senate. A lot of those guys are. <laughs> well, hey, we know how politics work. A lot of those guys were put in power by those lobbyists and and hey, those wealthy speculators or, or developers. So yeah, there's going to be some opposition. Shouldn't be, but there is going to be some opposition. I mean, if you can't put a deal together where you include everyone that is heirs to that land and then you sneakily, sneakily and underhandedly go and find one that you know quite possibly is the holdout that wants to sell and you finagle your way in and and that person sells and then you say hey I got a portion of the land you go to the court you petition the court and say hey I got a portion of the land the rest of them got to fall in line and sell yeah that this law needs to change I mean I'm all for development but come on now can't just take people's land whether they're upset you know a lot of times people may be upset with certain family members in there in the in the group whether they're upset or not, you can't just take people's land like this and, and say it's for the greater good when you're fattening your pockets because that's what happens a lot of times. I mean, it just is. I know at one point in time, uh, there's an interstate down here, uh, a 540 and 440 are the interstates. I remember uh, when they first started um, that development or, or thinking about that development. A lot of landowners were raising hell saying, hey, they're coming in taking my land and they're not giving me what, what it's worth. That eminent domain or, or whether it be this thing here, this this heirs policy that they have. I mean, is that really business? I mean, many people may say it is, and it is. It's a common business practice, apparently. It just seems so backhanded to do some people like this that build up on that those lands that that literally build a, a life a fortune, no matter how small or great it was, it was theirs. They worked for it. It was handed down to them, and and they decided, hey, I'm going to continue. But like I said, this is business here. All in under the guise of uh, development. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty, pretty backhanded. But hey, this happens all too often in this country, world we're living in. Even now, if is if there's anything I could say. To those that that hold this land, and 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 because what what they're saying is, uh, they pretty much come in, and they find the weakest link. <laughs> like I said before, they find that one that is uh, that's the holdout that wants to get rid of it, wants to make a little money, and that's usually what they get—a little money. They don't get much. You just get a little change in your hand. I, w- I just wonder what happens in that family. I can imagine what happens. Usually, there's 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 that cut off phase or that distance phase where you you know they say, "Hey, 
you sold the land, you got the ball rolling, and you know, our father, our mother, or maybe even both worked hard to develop and, and, and fed us off of this land, and here you go selling it. Long gone are the, the developers at that point because they, they, they're making plans to come in and, and do what they need to do. I think it's just sad all the way across the board. There's so many people affected by that. It, it really is. It, it, it just is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just find it. It's just it's just terrible to think that you would sit there and, and you purposely go after people to do this and make you some money. And like I said, it's a common practice. I didn't know that that you could just come in and I thought you would have to have all of the, the heirs in line to sell that property. But apparently if you could just get one and go to the courts and say, hey, I got one part one one parcel of land, they gotta sell me the rest, and you get the state or whoever or lawmakers behind you and say we're doing it for development for the greater good. Like I said, it's going into the Senate. So yeah, it's going to be held up. There's going to be much debate and argument about it because we know how these politicians, where they get their money at to run and how they make their money once they're in there. You know, I, I often joke with people and I say, man, how do you go in as a, a senator or, or, or a representative broke, but you come out filthy rich? Yeah, this is how those lobbyists I mean hey if you're running for office I know at one point in time I'm not sure if it's still there where you know all the money you raised during the campaign at the end of the campaign you pretty much kept that it's profit so everybody's making profit except for those landowners everyone's making a buck except for the ones that are really and truthfully working hard or have worked hard. And this sheds a huge light on it. So, I mean, I I will keep you guys posted on that because that's that's most definitely something that I found interesting. Didn't, I, I knew, but I didn't know how it actually worked. Like I said, I didn't know that I, I was thinking you had to have all everybody involved in the, the actual sale. But apparently all you need is one and you can force the hand. Everybody has to sign on. Man, that's a hard pill to swallow and a hard bed to lay in also. And, you know, that there, there, there is a, especially now, doing everything that, that has happened, you know, with COVID and and we keep having these hacks. We keep finding ourselves in, in, in awkward spots here. So I, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how this one turns out. But like I said, when they go into that Senate, man, this is this is just going to turn into a dog and pony show. Simple and plain. It just is. You know, the like I oftentimes said, the mindset of people. It just throws me a lot how careless and and uncaring we can be towards one another. And this is just a, another example. Like I said, you know, when you when you have land and you know it is passed down from generation to generation, it's family land, man. I mean, somebody somewhere down the line worked for worked hard on that land, worked for it. Then hey, on comes these businessmen or speculators, as they say, can just come and snatch it from up up under you legally. 
So yeah, there needs to be some laws on the book to protect those landowners. And it's not just the, the black farmers, it's everyone. Any and everyone can get caught up in this. And any and everyone has. Like I said, those interstates we drive on, those malls and shopping centers and the houses that we purchase in these, what were, what, what were once what we call the country or rule. That's what you're living on. That's what you're driving through. That's where you're shopping at. They were once uh, farms and just land that was owned by family members that was sold or taken by eminent domain. Pretty sad. Well, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Stay tuned tomorrow. I'm going back into my men's health, health month segment. We're going to be talking about diabetes because that is most definitely uh, something that affects men, a lot of men. And, 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 and uh, one of the things that I discovered is that over the years, over the time, diabetes is more prevalent and, and at, or at higher numbers in men than women. Not taking care of ourselves. And we got to get on the stick on that one, most definitely. We just do. We have to get on the stick. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Yes, I'm back to the mornings. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. I won't bite. Not verbally anyway. Well, not physically anyway. Verbally, I may. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. As always, this is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.